Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I am. Let's ho, 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 go. Let's ho, ho, go. Cute. To Arkansas. We start in Arkansas. I, now, I do know we have never been to Arkansas. You know that for a fact? Yeah. I've been to Arkansas, and this podcast has not. I've we never are, been. Are you, Teeny? have you been to Arkansas? I've been through Arkansas. We had to stop at a truck stop. In you 19, and my dad? Yeah, in 1975, oh. <laughs> in a truck stop at night, I was sure that was going to be the end. But it wasn't, so we made it through. Wow, thank goodness. Here I we, am. <laughs> we are doing a dream for Christmas, 1973. A southern minister is assigned to a poor church in church. A poor church. <laughs> poor. <laughs> That's what pre-gaming gets you. A poor church in California where the congregation is drifting away from the church that is scheduled for demolition. Ooh. Oh, particulars. A dream for Christmas. It aired on ABC December 24th, 1973. Oh, it was a made-for-TV movie? Yes. Oh, that's why you can't find it anywhere. You cannot yeah. find this anywhere. Yeah. You know what I remembered? I think what the movie, my Christmas movie last year with Dolly Parton, we had to watch on YouTube. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it's directed by Ralph Sininsky. He did 12 episodes of The Waltons, The Partridge Family, Star Trek, the TV show, an episode of The Twilight Zone, and the TV show Mission Impossible. Oh, Martin the, Landau. Just a call from last week. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The teleplay is by John McGreevy, who also wrote Call Me Anna, Consenting Adult, and The Waltons. And Max Hodge, who also wrote Callback from last time, The Man from Uncle, mm -hmm. also wrote The Waltons. And I had to include this title, and then I was like, oh, but is it? And I was like, oh, yeah. Hmm. The Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan. Okay. It's a, it's a handle. Not about Chandler. No, it's not about Chandler. <laughs> it, but I was like, oh, but that could have been so. And then it's, um, it's a cartoon, a Hanna-Barbera cartoon where Charlie Chan investigates mysteries with his 10 kids and pet dog. So I'm guessing it's probably well, highly problematic. Yeah, I like the concept. Yes. Uh, I, 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 I'm, uh, this may be racist, but it sounds like these were all white people behind the scenes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you are, you are correct. This is... Uh, writ directed by a white man, white man, written by white men. The story is also by John McCreevy. Uncredited story by Earl Hamner Jr., also a white man. White. 
Oh, it's no longer white. Now it's Hawaii. White. <laughs> I, don't, I, I like don't. it. Um, he it is uh, he, he's big time because he created the Waltons, which I remember the director Ralph Sininsky. He was which also with the Waltons. A very There's... white show, which is where you got your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you, there you have it, people. There you go. I come by it honestly. Um, he created The Waltons, which was a historical drama about a family in rural Virginia, which I didn't know. Hmm. I ain't never heard of The Waltons, I gotta be honest. Oh, well, I I had, because that's apparently where I got my name. And I the whole look up which girl this was. Good night, John Boy. Like that. Yeah, I know that's from right. The Waltons. Right. Uh, I look just like her. <laughs> Spitting image. Um, I just liked it. I'd never heard that name before, and I liked the really? name. Really? Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's funny. 1980. There weren't a lot of errands. There were. Like in, in my like, growing up, there was always like only one or two, and then never in my class or anything. I was never Aaron. I guess that, it's not a very common name. I only taught two errands in my teaching career. One of my best friends growing up was named Aaron. Oh, oh nice. And now one of your best friends now. You have traded one for the other. <laughs> and I'm sure we look exactly alike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the Waltons, it, it's about a historical drama about a family in rural, 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 rural Virginia during the Great Depression and World War II. Yes. And it's based on Earl Hamner Jr.'s 1961 book, Spencer's Mountain, and a 1963 film, Spencer's Mountain, also came out. And then there was a TV film called The Homecoming, colon, A Christmas Story, and that aired on, that aired on TV on December 19th, 1971, and it was such a big hit that then it went on to be the series The Waltons, and then The Waltons aired on CBS from 1972 to 1981. Yeah. And then Earl Hamner Jr. also created Falcon Crest. Oh, okay. The Not his crowning achievement, but okay. <laughs> he cashed some checks. He got the bag. Oh, yeah. At the time, Falcon Crest did okay. It's edited by Gene Fowler Jr., who also did It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Hello. And another teeny banger, I Married a Monster from Outer Space. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a good one. And also While the City Sleeps. The music is by David Rose, who also did Highway to Heaven, Little House on the Prairie. Oh, uh, I see a connection there. Bonanza and Nerd Alert. He wrote the song The Stripper. Da -na -na, na -na. Oh. Da -da -da. Like, you know, wow. that song that always plays. I didn't know that had a title. Mm -hmm. It's called The Stripper and it's on Spotify. So there you and have it. And that caches some checks. Oh, yeah, to this day. Because it was in the full Monty. I mean, it's basically any time somebody's doing a strip routine and it's mm -hmm. supposed to be comedy, they put that on. 
The director of photography is Frank V. Phillips, who also did The Black Hole, Bent Knobs and Broomsticks, and Peach Dragon. Okay. Starring Harry Rhodes as Reverend Will Douglas. Harry Rhodes is a Cincinnati native. Really? Yes. He was in everything in the 70s. Anything that called for a black man, he was in in the 70s. Interesting. So he's a Cincinnati native. I guess he loves Cincinnati because he spent two months learning to forge his mom's signature so that he could enlist in the Marines at 15. Oh. He did not live. I'm going to put money on that he did not live in Indian Hill. Is Indian Hill the, the nice part of Cincinnati? Well, that's where Sarah Jessica Parker said that she grew up, you know, on, on the other side of the tracks. Oh, Indian Hill was the other side of the tracks. Indian Hill was the rich people Oh, in no. my particular area. No, he grew up in, in a, a rough area of Cincinnati. Um, so like I said, he joined, he joined the Marines at 15. He also wrote a book called A Chosen Few about his experiences as at the last Black Marine Corps recruit depot at Montford Point. Oh. He fought in the Korean War. He saw okay. some shit. Mm -hmm. He also was in Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Shock Corridor, Coma, The Streets of San Francisco, and like you said, Ma, he was in so many TV shows. Mm -hmm. We have B. Richards as Grandma Bessie. She was so sweet in this. I mean, if you have to live with your mother-in-law, you want her to be B. Richards. <laughs> yeah, she was very nice. She was also in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. <laughs> Christy took a drink on that. <laughs> she was. She was his mama and guess who's coming to dinner? Mm hmm She was also in, in the heat of the night and Sanford and Son and ER and Frank's Place. Hmm. Frank's Place was a great show. Yeah, you and my dad loved Frank's Place. I remember yeah. as a little kid. You guys like would record it on VHS. Yeah. And then I tape over it. And... I know. And now I think that you, I don't think it's streaming anywhere because I think it had something to do with like the music rights and stuff. Oh, probably. So it was B, a good show. B. Richards was only 53 in this. Whoa. But, really? Yeah. Damn. It shouldn't come as a surprise, though, because her career began in 1955 when, as a 35-year-old, she played an 84-year-old grandmother in the off-Broadway show Take a Giant Leap and, like, wow. wowed people. So she, she she knew. She was like, I can do this forever. Plus, she was coming up, uh, when she was coming up, it wasn't an easy life. No. I'm going to assume. Also, she was she was about that life because she was a sponsor on the National United Committee to Free Angela Davis. Yeah. And actress Lisa Gay Hamilton made a 2003 documentary called B, colon, A Black Woman Speaks from mm. over 70 hours of their conversations. And that documentary won the Grand Jury Prize Award at the AFI Film Festival nice. that year. Nice. So that's probably a good documentary, because like you mm. said, Ma, that woman was super talented, and it's like, 
Look at me. Just put me in. Coach. Very distinctive voice. You mm -hmm. hear that voice, you know that's her. We have Lynn Hamilton as Sarah Douglas. She was also in Lady Sings the Blues, Red Belly, Sanford and Son, and 227, to name a few. 227. We have Robert DeCree as George Briggs. He was in Coffee, Nashville, and RoboCop, RoboCop 2, and RoboCop 3. Oh, just to uh, name them. All three of them. Yeah. Nice. But nice. the same thing, like all of these people in this cast, the amount of TV work that they have done is incredible. I just couldn't list all of it. We have Juanita Moore. She played Fanny Mitchell. I guess she was she one of the friends because I didn't like recognize her, but I didn't watch the greatest quality. I didn't have the greatest quality. No, it was quite fuzzy. So she was in Imitation of Life and Disney's The Kid, and she was uncredited in Pinky, and she was also in The Mac. All right. And we have Mady Norman. She played Jenny Daly. She had a, she got her bachelor's from Bennett College and then a master's degree from Columbia University. Hello. So, which gave her the bona fides to play a maid in two Joan Crawford films, Torch Song and Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Mm, okay. She was also in Susan Slept Here, remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nerd alert, she was a lifelong conservative Republican from Ike through George Bush. Why, you ask? Because, yeah. quote, I am a Republican because the United States is a republic and the views we hold represent the foundation our country was built on so many years ago. Black people are not a monolith. No. <laughs> I just just to point that out. That's, that's, that's... You know, okay. some people are like, okay, what foundation? All right, you drink the Kool-Aid. Moving on. <laughs> we, we just have differing opinions on what the foundation is. But, hey, that's she's allowed to have her own. You're allowed. To, I allow you to be a Republican. Oh, I was like... E easy there. I am. What are you gonna allow this black woman to do, Ma? This is. What I'm gonna allow her to choose what party she thinks best represents herself. I'm okay, and I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah, no, that's what I said. I was just that's an interesting tidbit. I think that it just goes to prove that everybody, people have differing views. Hey, maybe I'll talk with her, and she would. She would. Uh, she'd make some interesting points and I would go well I'll be damned I never thought of it that way yeah good okay I say with a smile because I know what my cast is about so that was my uh, those are the particulars okay I'm going to set the table the movie starts with a black family in Arkansas packing up their 1941 Ford station wagon. By the way, this uh, is set in 1950. And moving to California, where the father is to be the new minister of a Baptist church. Did you say, what year did you say the car was? 
41. It was only okay. nine well, years that, old. Well, that makes sense then. They don't, they don't make them like they used to, but they, but they make them better than they used to. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, a period of time you know, where they made I them mean, better. I mean, that was like cars had just been demented, basically, not that long ago to be reliable. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That's y'all are being generous. Yeah. What? Well, it was a Woody. Yeah. When? Yeah. I would save it in my for my reheatables. Mm. The family consists of a mom and dad, a grandma, and four children. It takes 10 days to drive to California because said car didn't have a very good working battery. They had to push it to get it started. Back in the day, you could do that. Um, they would have numerous flat tires and, you know, such. Had to add water to the radiator a lot, I'll bet. And when they arrive, they find the church is due to be torn down, making room for a shopping center. What could go wrong? A lot. POC, uh, pert near the whole cast. Well, no, you don't have a POC for this. We have the people of European descent count. Oh, there we go. What is it, you? Oh, it's definitely a, a, a white woman on the, the TV screen. And then the streetcar conductor. I, I I couldn't tell. I was like, is that a very light-skinned black man or is that a white man? Sometimes you just got to put it in the unsure category. So one and a half, maybe? It was refreshing to see a Christmas movie about a black family. Yeah, I thought it was it was so refreshing to see a whole community. Right. So cast, evidently Aaron has one. Does anybody else have any? I some in there's a lot in there, but I didn't write anything down. All right. So why do they have to go? Why do they have to leave Arkansas in the first place? Did you, did anybody see that? Arkansas. Wouldn't want to leave. I've been through Arkansas. Go ahead. No, because they built the highway. Oh, it, the highway construction, and it took. A, I there was they moved the highway. Oh yeah. So okay. This, this is a good point. Okay. Congregation was moving. So my sources are from NPR: A Brief History of How Racism Shaped Interstate Highways, mm. and oh, you go, girl. The Trevor Noah Daily Show, Highway Racism. If you don't know, now you know. I recommend that. That's on YouTube. Okay. So, Deborah Archer, who is an NYU law professor, said that around the time when highways were built, so this would be around the 1950s when this movie takes place, mm -hmm. that was also when courts were striking down traditional tools of racial segregation in the United States such as Brown versus the Board of Education, which integrated schooling. That was in 1954. So the courts are getting involved, and they're like, ah, segregation is, is illegal now. So people are like, well, I guess kids can't walk across an interstate to get to school. Now, can they? Uh -huh. So... 
People started using highways as a physical barrier between encroaching black communities and the already established white communities. And what would happen is that by the highways coming in, it would sever once thriving communities. So you would have community, like whole communities like we saw in this movie that were depicted. Black schools, churches, shops, groceries. They were wiped off the map. Um, an example of this is in Los Angeles, the middle-class black neighborhood, Sugar Hill. It was completely wiped off the map. They were withered and died, basically. At the same time, um, people will say, well, what do you mean that the highways are racism? Like, they, they had to go somewhere, you know? You have to build this highway system. It's got to go somewhere. So you, then you have to decide, well, which people will be the ones that will have to move? Let me tell you who it's not going to be. <laughs> not going to be the rich white neighborhoods. In Los Angeles, because of that fact, think about this. Los Angeles is notorious for their traffic. In L.A., only 61% of L.A.'s planned freeway network was built because white neighborhoods like Beverly Hills and South Pasadena were successful in fighting off freeways in their neighborhoods. Is that why there's so much damn traffic? Yes, Teeny. Oh yes. my God. Yes. These fucking people. Yes. That's why actually never, is. ever, ever in a million years lived there. Let me tell you. So it's important to say because you think, oh, well, the white neighborhoods, they fought back. They fought back successfully because the black and brown yeah. communities also fought back. Yeah, but they were tell me they didn't fight back. Right, exactly. they didn't have the representation in the in yeah. the upper echelons of government to be able to make it stick. Right. So I, you know what? Maybe think of racism in the United States as water, and you know how water will always go and find where it, where there, you know, it's lower ground That's and how it will move, mm -hmm. and how it will maneuver. So you have okay, we're getting we're integrating now because of the courts and all of that. The military's integrated now. And it's like, well, how do we keep how do we keep that from happening? How do we keep these people in their place? And then you got, oh, I, here's an idea. The highways. Okay, so the rich white communities were allowed to never mind how they were able to maintain their wealth in the first place via home ownership subsidized by the United States government. But, I mean, that happened. So highways were routed directly and sometimes on purpose, oftentimes in purpose, through black and brown communities. And the government took the land by what's called eminent domain. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know what eminent domain is? Mm -hmm. They take it. They need it. They take it. Right. So eminent domain basically means that the government can seize private property with proper compensation. So they pay you properly. But, but they, who decides what proper compensation is? Exactly. And so they take it with proper compensation. Yeah, who decides? But also it doesn't matter about owner's consent. Like it's just here. We oh, no, they're going to take it. Yeah. yeah. We paid uh -huh. you. It's ours. So remember that proper compensation which you pointed out ma because because think about this now you're the government and you have to pay people money to put the highway in because they had to move them so remember because of redlining housing covenants and just a tiny little fact that the u.s government did not back 
mortgage loans in black neighborhoods um, all made it cheaper for the government to, quote, pay the proper compensation mm -hmm. to those people because their land, because of their racial uh, politics, in, in what is it, in, in, institutional racism made their land worth less, less. than the white people's right, land. Right. So right. it was better for the government. Well, we will pay less, but that is the fair compensation. Never mind that the government. So at least they paid the people, because this, like, think of the proper compensation to people that they never properly compensated in the first place. Mm -hmm. Going back to the free labor of the enslavement period of when America built its independence and wealth. They're just like, damn. In St. Paul, Minnesota, it dis the highway that was built displaced one in four black residents. There weren't that many black people in Minnesota. In Minnesota? No. They could have built the road anywhere in Minnesota. Look at a map of Minnesota. They could have built the highway anywhere. There are not that many black people, and yet they well, displaced. There are a lot of lakes. Anymore. They had to go around the lakes. All right, you're being you're being very generous. <laughs> the same thing happened in Chicago, Boston, Detroit, New York, Kansas City. And Los Angeles. I mean, it's super evident in Los Angeles. Like, basically, the highway system in Los Angeles. I read this uh, L.A. Times opinion article. I forgot. I didn't write down who wrote it. But he basically said that the, the L.A. highway system is basically the equivalent of a statue to the Confederacy. Ooh. And he's not lying. It's super true. All those cities that I named... They're not southern states, mind you. So we like to be mm -hmm. like, oh, the South is so racist and stuff. Ah, those aren't South places. But it happened in the South, too. Montgomery, Miami. So people will be like, okay, I guess it just, all right, yeah, that sucks. It sucks for those people in those neighborhoods. They, they withered and died. All right, whatever. Atlanta, a city that is known also for its traffic. Atlanta has the worst bottleneck traffic in the nation because instead of making the I-20 efficient, they made it all squiggly and super inefficient for one reason and one reason only. Segregation. So the next time you're sitting in traffic, maybe take a look around you and yeah, Teeny, like you pointed out, the reason you're sitting in traffic probably has to do with racism. And that affects everyone. Yep. Like we want the United States government went out of its way to build inefficient roads just to segregate people based on the color of your skin. It's what sense does that make? It's bananas. Well done. Tini, did you have any cast? I uh, no, wow. I didn't write anything down. Okay, so I do have a nerd alert. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm seventy. I know I've mentioned it a few times. Gasp! But I've wondered all these years, what exactly does begotten mean? Oh. The the Lord's only begotten Son. 
begotten. Uh -huh. Well, the first definition is bring into existence by process of re reproduction in reference to Jesus. So, like, according to the story, that didn't happen. Then it was Jesus is the only person to be born of a mortal mother and an immortal father that we know of through history, according to the white men writing it down. <laughs> um, and Jesus was brought into existence by or as if by a parent. So it really didn't answer my question <laughs> other than it was magical and it, you know, it happened. God gave Mary, uh, she became pregnant and, and had God's son. But begotten, it's still, I mean, like I thought that that was going to explain to me how that happened, but it didn't. <laughs> I mean, you wanted like the... the I don't want the ins and out. No, I uh, don't. I just... It still doesn't. Isn't it that it's, it's God? God was just like, I choose you and just, uh, you're pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine explaining that to your parents? Seriously, never. I never, I didn't do it. Never. <laughs> I guess they left that part out. It yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. Well, that was mine. Actually, it, it's not her parents. It's Joseph that she... Oh, he stepped up. No, he stepped up. Yeah, he... He, he was like, you know, all sure, the girls we'll, are ignoring we'll, me, so... We'll say that, but he's mine. <laughs> I, he, is that what Joseph was like? He's mine. Well, or was, was Joseph just like, yeah, I'll go. This sounds great. I'll, I'm in. I'm all in. I feel like Joseph maybe didn't have a lot of, you know, choices. And, and all of a sudden here was Mary and, um, you know, maybe he married her before he knew and he never knew. Maybe he never knew. Hey, Joseph, the real MVP. Yeah. The and real did, reason for the season. Yeah. And if he did know, bravo for stepping up and going, you know what? I'm going to help her out because I got no other prospects. And I'm going to help out this girl who, who needs some help, maybe. I, I like it. Know. I like it. I mean, you you know that God's not, like, he, he's like, have a Omnipotent. He's omnipotent. I'm saying he's not picking, he's not picking somebody that shouldn't be seen. Oh, he's picking bangers, just like Teeny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I was just interested because I've gone all these years. I've heard his only begotten son. What does that mean? So you didn't look it up in Merriam-Webster. You just. <laughs> what oh, I did. I did just Google it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was supposed to look it up in Merriam-Webster. Mm. Other nerd alerts. Well, this came out in 1973. So in 1973, Nixon was sworn in for his second term and announces suspension of offensive action in North Vietnam. And the peace, the Paris Peace Accords were signed, thus ending the United States involvement in Vietnam. We also had in 1973, a little thing called uh, Roe v. Wade, where the Supreme mm. Court overturned state 
bans on abortion. 1973, the World Trade Center complex in New York City is officially dedicated in a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Also in 1973, I mentioned back Nixon. Yeah, he was sworn in for a second term, but what all got him there starts unfolding via the Watergate scandal. So that takes up a lot of 1973. And in 1973, Teeny, have you heard of this? The upstairs lounge arson attack. No. It happened in June on June 24th, 1973 in New Orleans. 32 people were killed and 13 wounded in an arson attack at a gay bar called the Upstairs Lounge. It's located on the second floor of a three-story building. The official cause is still listed as, quote, undetermined origin. There was a gay man with a history of psychiatric impairment who had been kicked out earlier in the day, and he was considered the primary suspect. He took his own life in November the following year in 74. No evidence has ever been found that it was motivated by hate or overt homophobia. And until 2016, the Orlando shooting, it was the deadliest attack on a gay club in U.S. Oh. history. Wow. Mm -hmm. In 1973, we had Billie Jean King. She defeated Bobby Riggs in the she battle did. of the Sexes Tennis Match Tournament. And this harkens back to a movie we did a couple weeks ago, Three Days of the Condor. In 1973, OPAC put an oil embargo against countries supporting Israel, and it triggered the 1973 energy crisis. Yes. Also in 1973, there were so many coups and mm. things happening, like especially in South America, a bunch of just governments being toppled. And uh, yeah, so again, 70s, wild times. Mm -hmm. I survived. The top felt like you were what, 21? Mm -hmm. I was in college. Well, this is your, was 21 the legal drinking age in Kentucky, or is it five? What? <laughs> no, I, I went to college in a dry town. Oh! There was no liquor. You did? Yes, I did. Well, I mean, officially well, it was dry, but everyone knows. You would go to Mount Sterling or to the bootleggers. Told you about my trip to the bootleggers. Very scary. The top five films in 1973, number five was The Way We Were. Number mm. four was Papillion. Number mm -hmm. three was American Graffiti. Number two was The Sting. And number one, The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I read Teeny, that book. I saw The Exorcist at the Chinese theater when it was re-released. Wow. In the early 2000s. Really? You? And like a midnight showing. Oh, yeah. that sounds fun. It was, it was, it was scary, but it was like with a whole bunch of people, so I wasn't like that freaked yeah. out. Isn't it still? Isn't there still like a tour that you can take around yeah. Boston of the exercise? You know, the, all the places. I thought it was in D.C. That the exercise. I thought it was in Georgetown. Was it? But maybe I'm thinking of something else. I think the steps. I don't know, because I was in Savannah recently, and I was like, aren't these the exorcist steps? So, <laughs> who the fuck knows? Well, plenty of people, I'm sure. Yeah, and they're yelling at their audio device now. Ha-ha! 
The Oscars, the best picture. It is Washington, D.C., Teeny. The Exorcist Steps, oh, Washington, D.C. Give me credit. You said it. <laughs> I'll allow. I know. I don't, I don't need it. Everyone knows. The Oscars. A touch yeah, it's in Georgetown because I used to work near it. And I remember being like, ooh, these are the... Yes. Okay. I am corrected. Drink. A Touch of Class, The Exorcist, Cries and Whispers, American Graffiti, and the Best Picture winner of 1973, The Sting. Did it, did it, did it, did it. Well, that wasn't at all it, but it was, you know. Yeah, I got it. I, I not even it close. together. Not even close. <laughs> Any other nerd alerts? So now we are to negative reheatables. I have male ego. Why can't oh. the women go work? Why? Yeah. Why mm -hmm. can't they contribute? Another is uh, one of our negative positives. Mm. So a puppy for Christmas mm, is a positive. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so. But people do that on a whim and don't realize it is a it is a at least 15 year commitment. I mean, with Mac, it's eternity. Uh, yeah. So um, a lot of people got puppies during the, the um, lockdown and they had to go back to work. And so there are a whole lot of dogs dogs now they're grown up and they're in rescue situations or kill shelters because people gave them up because they had to go back to work you mm -hmm. have to think about it it is a there is a commercial i saw on tv with a puppy and and on the tag it said 15 year commitment so it's not mm -hmm. just a cute cute you know christmas gift it's a 15 year commitment yeah but i mean that's the same thing with people and they got rid of Roe v. Wade, so you know. It, I mean, it's, yeah, that's you know? at least a twenty-one year commitment. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of things are full of commitments, but people rush into them rashly. And some that, people they don't rush into them. This it, it happened, and now what do we do? Well, we yeah, go to a state true. where it's legal. That's what we do. <laughs> well um i had that we had to be i don't know if you all did but we were doing it on a channel called man focus yes that's where i watched it as well many I questions it on youtube i couldn't well, find so it did we. yeah so did we but it was like filmed from somewhere like the whole time it said man focus on the bus and, and then mm. there are two points where a full screen 80s title yeah. comes up it's like if you're not watching this on the man focus channel it's been stolen yeah right? <laughs> okay sorry man focus like Where'd you steal this from? Because mm -hmm. I'm guessing Laura Martin give you the rights to this exclusively. Leaving Isn't everything man-focused? I mean, where's the woman Yeah, focus? at least they were honest about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, leaving Toby, that was so sad. Oh, I can't imagine. No. Yeah. Uh, what's a dog the in, the, in that the 1941 Ford? Oh, uh-uh. No, mm-mm. Our problems, just the negative reheatable. Yeah. 
What problems? Car problems. Oh, just in man. general. That just sucks. It's like every time, every time you get a bonus or something, like your car gets some. Yeah. Something it goes, goes to the car. car. Yeah. Oh, I took so much joy this week when they called me from the Mazda dealership to remind me that my car hadn't been in. And they're like, we see, we estimate that your car has 55,000 miles on it. And I just, <laughs> I laughed for a solid five minutes. Oh my God. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, ma'am, my car has 33,000 miles on it. I'm like, <laughs> check the time, check the mileage last time. And then she was laughing. Like, and then we were both laughing. And I'm like, I think I'll be good. I'll see y'all in January. <laughs> we can push it. You can push it for a couple of years. I was just like, that's hilarious. Oh, and she told me, we've passed 50,000. I was like, no, it does not. <laughs> Um, and not having cell phones because a, a cell phone or email would have solved this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hey, yes. He stayed in Arkansas until he found something else. Exactly. Or, you know, exactly. Moved to another place in Arkansas. So. Mm-hmm. Or going into Texas or maybe Oklahoma. I mean, you know. DeVry. <laughs> yeah, he had multiple options. Are, are those your negative Yeah, those are my negatives. Mine is that there isn't a Wikipedia page for this film. Nothing. I, I don't even nothing. It's like I don't find anything. It was so hard to find stuff. I know Wikipedia isn't, you know, the be all end all, but like it has a lot of Im- things and there was nothing it isn't even listed on john mccreevy's page his wikipedia page well that could be some cast shit right there oh yeah it definitely is um i also have the negative reheated bullet the star harry Rhodes. he told that uh, just the fact that harry Rhodes is that i didn't this was my first time that i knew him that he wasn't a superstar up there with sydney mm-hmm. portier and stuff because mm-hmm. I have to. I was like, my God, this man is handsome. I wow. know he was really fuzzy, really fuzzy. But I knew what he looked like from. I was enjoying Harry Rhodes. I I was like, Harry Rhodes, what's up? Mm-hmm. So he told TV Guide in 1968 that he read about a training program um, that a major studio had for grooming people for stardom. And so he called the man in charge and he asked to be interviewed. And the man said, sure, come by the studio. And then Harry said, I think you should know I'm a Negro. And then the man said, don't waste your time. We don't take Negroes in this program. Oh, mm. my God. So his voice passed. But yeah. Yeah. He, he, wow. put a, he, brought, he did the old code switching. And then they were like, no. And then he's like, but you haven't seen my face. Yeah. Or body. Yeah, like come on! I thought you, I thought you liked. I thought there was only one color you liked, green. I got it right here. Mm-hmm. It's money maker for you. All right, negative reheatable. The dad's car. I they, they were like getting into this thing, and I'm like, nobody's doubting that this thing's gonna make it to California. Exactly. What? Oh. Right. And then not even when it didn't even start. And they had to get out and push it to start it on the journey. And they were like, well, I guess we'll just start this whole 10-day trip. 
pushing this thing. And it was loaded up like the Beverly Hillbillies. It had the shit on the top. It didn't have granny on the top, but it had lots of stuff on the top. Basically, so then I'm like, how old is this car? And I years. Yeah, then you find out she was like, we bought it before the war. And then I was like, well, which war? Was it this? <laughs> and so then you're saying it was like a 1941. It yeah. is a 1950, so that's a nine-year-old car? Yeah. I'm like, That's Dude. still a young car for our family. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but back then it's not. Yeah, you're right. I guess you like, yeah. It's like, like people, 36 was old for people at one point. Like, you were about your deathbed. That, I mean, that is true. We I didn't see. have the modern technologies. Right. That's right. That's right. Very, very, very true. Very true. So I did the, the Google Maps for the the trip length because they oh. said it was 10 days later so it's a it's a 24 hour drive from Ar- I just did Arkansas so the middle of Arkansas to Los right. Angeles is a 24 hour drive I guess that they didn't take a detour up to Vegas like I did <laughs> so. I don't think that family would have been interested in Vegas was Vegas Vegas in 1950 yeah, it it wasn't. It was starting to be Vegas, Vegas. It was like they they were um they were moving on in. I believe like the 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 Bugsy Siegel had the twinkle in his eye. He was like around the forties. Oh, it was Googling. a time of considerable change. Hmm? Uh, There were 44,600 people living in the Vegas Valley, and 8 million people were visiting Las Vegas annually by 1954. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was the time when Vegas was becoming Vegas. And also, I mean, because it's called um, the Hoover Dam, which we also did the... Because I I, I got all curious and stuff, because they would have taken the... I don't know if that highway had been built then at that point. And also, considering it's 1950, we forgot to mention in cast, as they're driving 10 days, they couldn't just stop anywhere. No. They, did they have a green book? I don't know. I'm sure they had the green book. They had to figure out they where they They probably slept in the car a lot. Yeah. Where they could get gas, where they could get uh-huh. food. You know, wasn't like, oh, we could just stop wherever you want to. Nope. Not for them. Not in 1950. Um, school registration. So you just showed up. I know. Nobody walks you in and goes to the per- the office the first day and says, "I'm enrolling this." No, you just show up and do what? Go to a class. And so was Joey in high school, and then the oldest daughter was she in middle school? I felt like the oldest daughter was in high school. Joey was in middle school. Oh. The other daughter was in elementary, and I don't know. Maybe the the youngest was like. Uh, what was the wait? Maybe the two younger ones were Wasn't in. Wasn't one of their names Emmeline? Emmeline. Yeah, that was the I mean, oldest. She daughter. seemed like she was in middle school to me. Yeah, oh, okay. I thought that okay. Joey was the oldest. Okay, well he yeah he did the oldest. I mean, and I don't. Yeah, you're you're wrong. <laughs> She enjoys that so very much. Or is it he was the oldest male, and so he had to take care of everybody? I mean, did middle school and high school even exist back then? 
Um, well, they were going to different schools. Yeah, and they were segregated right. schools because this is 1950. Mm-hmm. So. Right, like, was it like primary and secondary? Probably. And out here they have, it's, it's, uh, middle, there's a lot more middle schools than what I'm used to. Because I, my, all my schooling was always K through six. And then, I guess technically I did go to a middle school, but it was part, it was called a secondary school. school, But it it was its own school within the high school. And, but but that was seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, a lot of people have five, six, seven, eight middle school. Her name is Emma Reen. Emma Reen. Um, I have, like you, Ma, I have Will being so against Sarah working. This is 1950. What did Will do during the war? I kind of, like, he seemed able-bodied and, and whatnot. Like, was he in the in World War II? And, and he just didn't get picked. But I thought, I thought, oh, I thought no, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Black man? Uh-huh. Maybe he had something wrong that we didn't know about. He could now fallen arches didn't work for black people. Yeah, you so maybe like, he dodged it. But again, cast <laughs> like I, I think that's a white people. White, <laughs> but may, you know, hey, what oh, did okay. you say earlier? Black people are the monolith. That's true. That's true. I just feel like Sarah didn't have, like, wouldn't Sarah have been working during the war? It's, I would think she would have. And also, she had to the do war, something. Yeah, she, there were four that, kids. See, that's why he didn't want her to have to work again, because she had to like support the family during the war, and then he Very came back, and then he mm-hmm. was like, "No, yeah. you've done enough." Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that type of man to me. He he didn't want her to have to work because that wouldn't be that, like a failure on his part, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he mm-hmm. didn't want her to have to do that. that I, I felt that that was where that a lot of that was coming. I mean, and truth be told, come on, she was working. She had his mother and four children. And, okay, I have that in positive reheatable, so we'll move on. But just because you are not employed outside the home doesn't mean you're not working. Yeah, because, man... When you are employed within outside the home, you worked a ton. I I'm not being sarcastic. You did. You, you were always like cleaning and mopping, but you would take time out to watch. I have different life to live. <laughs> On the, never mind. I won't share that. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unpopular opinion, so I'll keep that to myself. Go ahead. Oh, Go ahead. Now. This is one of my biggest pet peeves. I shouldn't say this out loud. Okay. Well, okay. You don't have to if you don't want to, but you I don't have to. I have said so many things on the course of the show that this is a safe place and, and opinions of all kinds are welcome. I get it. There's a lot of chores to be done for stay at home moms. You can't tell me that's as hard of a job the hardest job in the world. I you know, when yeah. people say being a stay-at-home mom is the hardest job in the world. I don't know why. It really irks me. You know, I, I know. I understand why. You know? I know. Because it's not. And you chose it. Most people. Not all. I mean, this this gets into a thing where, it, you know, like, people who 
don't have kids get looked down upon by people who have kids a lot and mm-hmm. and and as someone who doesn't have kids i'm like yeah that's a hard it's super hard and i i get very patient but my patient does go to a point because at a point you chose this yeah yeah and, but, well unless you know, I did, you're gonna you can drop your kids off to go to a little play group or whatever at the library and then go to the gym for a couple hours and then you could do then you could take, you know, you could leisurely go grocery shopping. I don't know. Also, not even people without kids. What about people with kids that have to go to work and they don't have an option to be a stay-at-home right. mom? And then right. they have to do all of the all of that their full-time job. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I I I understand. Yeah. That yeah. That, so yeah, thank you, Teeny, because I, I I also agree. I think it's a very difficult job, but it's also there are a lot of difficult jobs. Like I don't think it's a job. I think it's a situation, and yeah, it could, it could be a difficult situation. And maybe it's a difficult situation. I'm busy. I'm busy. It's yeah, me. It's me. Him. It wasn't about you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you also worked outside of the home. You have you did it both ways. Yeah, I, yeah. Did you find I, one more difficult than the other? Um. No, I. I well, now she's not going to say it if she did. No, I am. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna be straight. But um, as a military wife, I mean that's a whole other layer to add to it because. You have to pick up and leave your job every time he's reassigned or... And that's not by choice. Or the spouse is... Re, maybe maybe the, the female is the military member and the male has to do that. Um, I, I did spend 10 years home with the kids before I went back to work. Um, and I, I, I loved it both. But I always had... I loved it both. Yeah. I mean, when I was a stay-at-home mom, I felt like the house always had to be cleaned and the laundry had to be done and the ironing had to be done and I had to have a meal on the table and it wasn't going out to eat just because I'm tired. Oh, yeah. Well, when I had a job, it was... Oh, that was when it became... Ma doesn't cook on Fridays. Ma, ma, no, please. <laughs> then it became Ma I mean, only cooks on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And no, that, no, that is not true. true. And yeah. now I think it's Ma only cooks on Christmas. Yeah, because <laughs> I got smart. But, um, uh, yeah, so when it was, when I was home with the kids, those were lean years. I mean, the, I couldn't go out and buy just, you know, oh my God, I need a new garland for the front door. You, you had to make use of what you had. Those, those were lean years of, you know, there weren't a, a ton of presents and, st- and stuff. But those but, are, I feel like those are lean years for everybody because you were, that was your mid to late 20s. And th- those are lean years, like m- well, most people are mid, mid to late 20s are lean years. And I think that was a different time than now. I feel like yeah. now yeah. there are so many 
I just think it's not, I think there's a, piece, there's a cult, there's a subculture of people in this day and age who like to screen it from the Facebooks and Instagrams and TikToks about how hard their life is. And it's harder than everyone else's. No, it's not harder than. But now, now that's, isn't that a luxury? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. In this area, in the Washington D.C. area, if if you are able to live on one income, that is a right. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I feel like nowadays it's the stay-at-home moms that I'm speaking about are the ones who are stay-at-home moms. Be- I'm not talking about everyone. Um, are the ones whose partner is rich enough that they mm-hmm. don't have to work. Mm-hmm. And so they have the Louis Vuitton never full yes. bags and they go to their yoga and they, yeah. But it's yeah. still the hardest job in the world. If yeah, it is, then not, you're not living it right to me. If it's the hardest job in the world, being able to be with your kids, then you're not living it right. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, well, that's judgmental. That's really judgmental. But well, but you're you you are maybe not seeing the advantage of what you have uh you're allowed to be. And I'm sure there's some stay-at-home moms that are stay-at-home moms because they don't make enough money to afford childcare and exactly. Exactly. I, my friend was a stay-at-home dad for that reason because his wife made more money. And they couldn't, it just didn't make sense. If he went back exactly. to work, his whole income was going to be going to child care. care. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he was a stay at home dad. And it was just interesting to see, like, it was still a job, but he wasn't like this. He's like, this isn't the hardest job. No, it's world. not the hardest. I mean, no. he, but I he wasn't for me, like, it's like it's not people... a job. It, it was like he had a, it, he was legitimately working and doing things. It wasn't like he was just sitting around eating, like they say, eating bonbons and stuff. Like he yeah. was working, yeah. doing all that thing. But he was also like, this is fantastic. And I loved it. And mm-hmm. now it switched with the second kid. And mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, man, I just missed like that. I yeah. Lo- he was like, it was work, but it, I loved that work. So it wasn't like it's the hardest job in the world. I, yeah, that's what we're saying. I remember um, I got a job when we were in Germany, and it was the first job since Adam had been born, since Aaron had been born. And I was standing in a window watching Adam's class go on a field trip, and I wasn't a chaperone. And it killed me because I'd been able to be a chaperone all the way through Aaron's elementary school. And it was like, oh, man, he's going on a field trip without me. <laughs> and he probably loved he it. Was like, he, was, he was like, finally. He was like, yeah. I can be bad. Where I, I can like, be a little butt and nobody's going to yank my chain. Uh-huh. Yes. Whereas like with me, I like it worked out perfectly because I'm like, yay, my mom's here. I'm, Oh, this is I'm relaxed now. This is fine. And he was probably like, I don't wonder. I could be ah! <laughs> I guess from in the end, I just want to say it annoys me when people complain talk about it annoys me when people put themselves on a pedestal because yes. they had kids and they yes. think that they are better than anyone else and they are doing something harder than anyone else. And they are the epitome of a strong woman or whatever the fuck it is because they had kids. 
and they call it a job. I'm sorry, I go to the gym at least five times a week and I don't say it's a job, I choose right. to do it. Yes. You had a kid and you chose to do it. So fucking right. deal with it. Yeah, it's right. gonna be shitty sometimes and you're gonna not like it, but like, so what? Yeah, right. it's not unique. And you're not better than anyone else. No, yeah, in fact, throw a rock. you're contributing to the planet calling the shit. So. That's right. Pay attention to your carbon footprint. I, I drink vodka for this podcast instead of my normal stuff. So. I love you. Teeny, 2023, teeny only drinks vodka. Shows now. But to me, the strongest woman is the one who makes choices that are right for her. Yeah. Like if you. And had, I was having a conversation, I'm sorry, with a friend of mine about how, who is my mom? about how she gets so annoyed when people it's even within i mean it's just women in general comparing themselves and it's oh, even within the moms now i'm a better mom and i work harder because i breastfeed and breastfeeding is a full-time job within your full-time job of being a mom already and she was like but like i had to clean all the bottles and still buy all the formula go to the store and get formula where you're out and that took a lot of time too like why are you better than me because you breastfed why do yeah. women do that? Why do why do we do that to each other? Be because that because it's there's a reason why. It because it's the same reason why um people like like the like like with anti-Semitism, like within minority groups, when they pit minority groups yeah. with each yeah. other, it's the same thing. It's because there there's a hierarchy in society. The it's ladder. the patriarchy. It's and the so ladder. then it, it's a thing of like, isn't that like crabs in a barrel? It's that whole yeah. thing of, well, if we create this division within them, they'll be too busy fighting amongst themselves exactly. and we get to still run shit. We get to exactly. do whatever the fuck we want to do because they, you just divide people into themselves. Like the top group looking down is like, y'all do this, y'all do the, you know, it's just yeah. that whisper campaign yeah. and then they fight yeah. and they don't have to worry about shit. And they're exactly. just like, ah, suckers. Yeah, exactly. So now we are to positive reheatable. Wonder what shit we'll get into now. Um, again, a puppy for Christmas can be a positive if you're willing to put in 15 years oh, or more. Oh, man. And they were, they were, I think that was such a great, that, that's a good reheatable for him. He even named it Toby. He, like, you know, he so needed. And it looked like a rescue or like mm -hmm. a mutt. Mm -hmm. and, and he needs some um, nasal surgery because he had some real. Um, issues with his nose. a deviated septum. He, he might have a deviated septum, or he might have what are those things? Adenoids. He might have an adenoid issue. Okay, I loved it that everybody got jobs, and okay, so the oldest daughter didn't get a job outside the house, but because everybody else was working, she cooked the dinner. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. And, and the littlest boy then set the table. Um, did you see the ringer washing machine? Because no. my grandma had a ringer washing machine. Okay. It was a cylinder that was standing straight up and down and it would agitate. The oh, I, I know about, yes, I know, I know about, all about you, but when it's done, there is no, uh, spin cycle. Mm -hmm. So it had these two, uh, rubber 
cylinders that were horizontal that you would feed the clothes through to get all of the as much wetness out as you could mm -hmm. before you hung them on the line to dry. Yes. And my grandmother lost one digit of her middle finger because oh. she yeah, oh it God. went through the ringer and that's how tight that thing squeezed. It it took off one digit of her finger. But uh, um, how mad was she that it was I mean, I'm if it's your grandmother and she lost her middle finger, I can just imagine she was not happy. Uh, she had another one to flash whenever <laughs> she needed to. But I'm thinking she had to do the wash again because there was some blood. But uh, my aunt had it when we moved on to uh, Perry Avenue because she would do her wash in the garage. And I, I always loved that ringer. It was so it was like a, a cleansing ritual to see this big thing go into this through this these rubber rollers and come out so thin and i thought of you at the beginning of the pandemic before people got you mm -hmm. something that had a spin cycle you understand wow if you can't get all that liquid out, it takes forever for clothes to dry oh it took so long and yeah. i mean i got like popeye forearms from just twisting mm -hmm. to try to get all the dampness out and mm -hmm. all of that and you never can i mean yeah okay so i liked seeing that um uh, the brother joey joey oh, made the ladder oh wait first he made the I forgot that my negative reheatable was Joey's wig because he deserves so much yeah. better than that he wig they gave that boy. Yeah. But yes, Joey, oh my gosh, I loved him. It, it, he made the he made the fireplace out. It was such an errand thing out of cardboard boxes that he painted to look like bricks so they had a place to hang their stockings. He made the ladder so his brother could climb up and down the bunk well, he, bed. He made the ladder for himself. He, <laughs> isn't, he the, isn't he the one that got the bell working? He got the bell! Yes! He got the bell from the junkyard! Oh, yeah. At that scene, I was like, God damn, don't look at me! I know. I'm not crying. I sliced an onion. Oh my and, gosh. And then, okay, goosebumps everywhere. The family was together for Christmas. Oh yeah. That was good. Well, except for the extra. Yeah, because the family was together for Christmas, except for the extra people who were still at Arkansas. <laughs> my dream Christmas. <laughs> Okay, others. <laughs> I put the uh, the Christmas tree was only seventy five cents a foot. Wow. They were, well, they were selling. It's all signed. It was seventy five cents a foot, so you could get a seven foot Christmas tree for less than seven dollars. And seven dollars in that time. Yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, well, nineteen fifty. I did the $83 cuz what that is in today because that's what they had when they moved. Yeah, I did that too. Did you do it? Oh, $19.70 in 1950 1950? is $86 today. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. Mm so Christmas tree's always been expensive. Yeah. Mhm. Mm hmm. What do you know? <laughs> well, 
People always be. <laughs> who would have thought it? People always be gotten to have a certain amount of profits. Like, it's not like, uh, yeah, why? I mean, look, there's a lot of actually hard work that goes into Christmas tree farming. Yes. Yes. Um, real job. Uh, it's a real job. Yeah. <laughs> not like being a mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try being a Christmas tree farmer. That's, That's right. Breastfeeding. Think about the Christmas tree farmers out there. Um, <laughs> I'm getting canceled. We all, we've all gotten canceled. <laughs> well, this <laughs> next one is probably going to be shitty again. Um, I love it. Six dollars and ten cents for two bags of groceries, but that'd be like eighty-seven dollars. So yeah. shit, that's like you're shopping at Whole Foods. <laughs> Never mind. Put those back no. in the negatives. No, it's well, it, it's a good reheatable in to show how things don't change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inflation's a bitch, man. I was yeah. uh, today is Candle Day at Bath and Body Works, and for all those who celebrate Happy Candle Day, you have a couple more hours where they do it once a year, their three wick candles are on sale. Normally they're $25. On candle day, they used to be like $7.95. $6.95, $7.95, $9.95 now. Mm. Still a great, still an incredible deal. Um, Christmas carols, as good as the positive. I want to bend about something in inflation. I got uh, my internet bill went up five dollars, and I called them because I was like, "Excuse me, why?" Because my I got charged an extra five dollars from my cell phone company carrier because I paid on my payment posted on the first, and they said it posted late. And oh yeah, and they were like, "Well, it's because you didn't pay through. Like even though it paid on the first it didn't post in our system until mm-hmm. the oh, third, yeah. mm-hmm. so it was late. But if you po- if you pay through our app, then it posts yeah. automatically directly. So I was just like, well, I can get a middle finger right there. So then I called to see if that was the thing with, with my internet provider. And my internet provider lady was like, no, it's just gone up $5 because that's the cost of doing business. And I was like, did you get a $5 raise? Because... It just sounds like this is a. I went into. Oh, I just. I and I told the poor woman. I was like, I know this has nothing to do with you, but I'm just venting because I know this call is being recorded. It's not going to do anything. I understand that, but the whole reason that I'm paying five dollars is because the shareholders don't want to lose five dollars of their profits. So right. now I have to pay the five dollars. Right. I'd rather they they just show their butt and let me stick it up their butt. Let me stick the and, let me stick the Lincoln up their butt. And they're like, well, you we we let you know. They're like, well, well, we let you know. And I'm like, well, I'm paperless now, so you know that I wouldn't look at it. And in fact, you want me to sign up for the automatic bill pay so that I don't even notice that it went up the five dollars. Mm-hmm. Because you just automatically take out the whatever. Mm-hmm. This concludes old lady Aaron. <laughs> Aaron is officially middle-aged. Um, Christmas carols, I put it as a positive. What is, what is Depending on the Christmas carol. Gen Z doesn't do Christmas carols? The Zoomers? What do you mean? I, I, saw, uh, I saw a headline from the internets. 
Dan, the Gen, Gen Zers don't do caroling. Well, I don't think people, anybody does caroling anymore. Oh, okay. I don't think that's really, that's kind of gone out. The, we, we still listen to the song. Like, you don't go to people's houses and do that. I would be... I, I think we still have a group in our in our Hayfield community who does. Well, that's yeah. nice. Isn't that nice? You don't open the door because you don't have anything to give them, but you go, oh, nice. That's you nice. open the door because you're Mrs. Bush. You're like a celebrity. Not anymore. My last oh. my last group is now are now freshmen in high school, so it's like over. Now you're just mm. the lady. I'm just the old lady down mm. the street. Um, what was that little boy's name? The youngest one. Mm. With the aunt noise. I can't remember, but I loved him. He was a terrible actor. <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah. He was a pretty bad actor, but he was cute. Him and his dog were cute. I liked how much he liked his dog. Toby. Um... And those are mine. Was it was it Donald? Was Donald the Becky? I don't know because all their IMD, IMDb photos were like them as adults. Oh no, it was Bradley. Bradley, Bradley. that was, was Bradley. He didn't yeah, have Bradley. an IMD photo. Did he yeah. not do anything else? I don't um, think so because he didn't get his well, asteroids fixed. Also, it's it's cast. He was in Police Story. He was a schoolboy. So who who knows? You know, people are like, oh, it's all black cast, whatever. Meanwhile, you can like find every thing of every. Yeah, Walt maybe he did ever. more, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't do much more. Uh, yeah, and how much work could he do? Because we were like, what an all black cast. Yeah. Jeez. But you couldn't focus on their features because it was so fuzzy. Okay, we are to I have, excuse me. Oh, I'm I sorry. I, again, I just loved that it. it was, it was a whole black community. You had the black junk man, a black doctor, mm -hmm. a black businessman, a black shopkeeper. You had the black villain, the black capitalist, you know? I yeah, like that. At all. Who doesn't care how many people attend that church? He's going to tear it down because yes. he's going to make money. But also, wars are fought on many fronts. Like the things that he was saying, like that is how the game is is played. And he he did, even though he's the cast as the villain in this of like all oh, the money grubbing, is at least he his face is now in those circles with those people. So at least there is somebody who's in there. And you, then at that point, well, you have in the to room hope, where it happened at some point. Yes, and at that point, you have to hope that. He remember. Gosh, it sounds horrible, but like that he remembers where he came from. Like, does that sound bad? No, but like, but, like but the it's... people that he like, so that he got to where he got, and now he can like hold the door open, and he can use what little, because he still has little influence. What little influence he has in this small corner to be like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play their game. But he's like the inside man. But you hope that he didn't drink the Kool-Aid and he's like all has become, you know, he just like you just hope that he's in there and he's like, I'm playing the game, but I'm playing it from the inside. 
I'm fighting the war on the inside. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like a, a spy behind enemy lines. And he's like, I'll be able to, to do this and help these people out and not, like, I made it. I got out. Nobody else and shuts the door behind him. That's, That's what, I, what I think happened. But okay, okay. Let's let's live the dream. It was a dream for Christmas, and he was at that moment. He it was, was like, a dream for Christmas. You know what? Maybe that maybe that block got it. That church did go away, and then that is the block that Nipsey Hussle bought his store in and his whole store, and the marathon continues. Ah, see. See what can happen. So that's what that's how I choose to see it. In nineteen in nineteen fifty, they came to Los Angeles with eighty three dollars in their pocket in nineteen fifty, and that's the equivalent of one thousand twenty six dollars thirty five cents today. Ooh. That's like oh man. So they just like they had a, a little chunk of change, but that's that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I looked up, um, I was like, what's sweet oil? Because he had an earache, Bradley had an earache, and they're like, oh, you want some sweet oil for your ear? I'm like, what's sweet oil? He didn't put oil? his own urine in it? No, sweet oil, guys, is olive oil. Mm -hmm. Do you heat it up? Because I used to have these drops in this cobalt cobalt blue vial that my mom would put in the sink and run hot water on and then put it because my ear canals flowed the wrong way and oh it felt so good hmm. glad those genes got dominated because that sounds not great but I'm no longer referring to olive oil as olive oil it is now sweet oil to me I love that there's nothing sweet about olive oil. Well, but that's what they call it. They call it sweet oil, and it's yes, used they for earaches, and I like that. Apparently, Will batted 380. I and he was close to signing with the Kansas City Monarchs, or could have signed with the Kansas City Monarchs. It's kind of crazy, but I guess he chose the Lord instead. There were a few things that were just like one line and gone that yeah there's a lot more to investigate we already said how much we like joey i just i loved how serious he was all the time he was poor joey you know what he was gonna grow up to be the pleaser the one who goes out of his way to make good for everybody it, to the detriment of himself, but it himself doesn't matter as long as everybody's happy. Hey, we, we need those. We need those people. Well, Sound not me. Familiar? No, none of us on this podcast. No, uh, uh, but but, uh, but I mean, we know somebody. Yeah, and th those people like did we need those people again? Wars are fought on many fronts. We need the pleasers who are going to go out there make differences in their communities. My final great reheatable, God bless this film for dispelling the myth that all black people in a church can sing. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, wow. I don't really believe that to be true, but yeah, I love that they have those mics up to those people. Yeah, I was just like, oh, wow. So we need to get some ringers into that choir. 
get get it up and get it up and popping and then and then may, and then i like to think in my head i was like oh this is the church that then aretha franklin would go to make her documentary that that amazing grace documentary <laughs> that only came out later in my mind that's what happened with the the church in the sequel she was like i choose this church to film my documentary that i will that I will hate and won't want to be released, and then it will get released, and I'll be like, "Why didn't she want this released? This is amazing!" So. Oh, I went into my autistic spell. Okay, we are to quotables. Um, I forgot to write down quotables, so I I do have two. No. Who wants to be in the hospital for Christmas? <laughs> that yeah. sounds like something nobody say. <laughs> and if that isn't okay if that isn't the prettiest christmas tree i ever did see then you have not seen a pretty christmas tree <laughs> it was the it was a homiest christmas tree it was a love-filled christmas tree it was a um, it wasn't the prettiest Christmas. It was a symbolic, like, look at us. Yes, we, yes. We, we did this thing. I had, you know what I say to that? Bull. <laughs> um, what's wrong with my age? You think I should be sent out to pasture? Mm. Um, and I had, we ain't gonna do nothing for nothing. Mm. Nice. I have. Are you a Baptist by chance? And the guy says, "I'm a Baptist, but not by chance. I was born a Baptist." Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a statement. And at some point, I think that Grandma said, "You see any cotton fields around here?" Yeah, that was funny. That that, that was. Oh man. Uh. And the uh, okay, this is gonna be this might be a, a hot take um, on me, but uh, the villain of this Briggs said, "Be meek and long suffering, and get your reward in heaven." Because he was mocking him, and I was uh-huh. like, that kind of goes with because there is the duality of the black church, where it is a source of light and hope and strength. But then it was also used as a weapon to keep people in their place. Yeah. By like, oh, be meek and long-suffering and mm-hmm. go, like, you know, do all of this and be tread upon and taken advantage of and have everything taken from you. And then in this world, but then in your other world, yeah. then you'll... Be fine with it because in the next world... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just like, ah, I think that that's, and especially like where the religion came from and the reason behind it, it was mm-hmm. a lot of times it was used as a weapon. But then people like Coretta Scott King and Martin Luther King then re-weaponized it. So, I mean, both things can be true. At the same time. Mm-hmm. I like the junk man. He said, Chevys or Cadillacs, they all clunk out alike, just like people. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And then somebody said, I'm going to be the man of this house. And I was just like, uh, 
probably probably Will or something. And it's probably Joey. It's or, probably Joey. Joey is gonna take it all on his shoulders. And then Joey. um and this is another quote. I think this was uh the Briggs guy. Because he, he was like gonna get the the guy's talking about Will was talking about how he was gonna get his congregation up so that he could get people to donate so that then he could pay back the mortgage payment or whatever they owed. And the guy was like, "How with bingo?" <laughs> oh, that makes you laugh. Might be. But I was like, "That's not a bad idea." So, those were my good reheatables. And quotables. I mean, the uh, my quotables. <laughs> so we're to LVPs, and my LVP is that I could only find this on YouTube. I I tried other places, and and I went to the small YouTube instead of the full screen YouTube, trying to see if it was. And it What's was the small YouTube. Small YouTube is when it first comes up, and then you have all the other crap around it. And then you can hit the full screen YouTube, and it was equally fuzzy no matter where I was. Oh, yeah, the quality. Because I think this is only available on VHS, so they had to digitize it from a VHS mm -hmm, copy, mm -hmm. and that's... Mm. Yeah, because it was a delightful film to watch. It should be out yeah. there with, with the other Christmas um, yeah. movies. I thought when it started and it was a pre and he was a preacher and stuff, and then I, I was kind of like, oh man, but it really isn't heavy handed in no, the. No, it was no. like very like light and like yeah. yeah, it was just here's our debacle, here's yeah. our problem. I rather think it was like you knew that it was gonna, you knew what the solution was gonna be the whole time, and people were gonna show up at the church and it was gonna have I a happy ending. I felt like it was a, a black, it's a wonderful life. You know, how at the end, the whole community has to come together to save. Oh, yeah. One situation. Um, yeah. And it, because at first I was like, what the fuck, Teeny? I know. Me but, too. <laughs> but then, you know, but this is how she does it. She lures you in. And I'm things, doing And then it's like Teeny picks bangers. And you're like, yeah. She did it. She did it. At first, you're like, what? What? Teeny? What? And then it was just delightful. My LVP is bullies mm, and middle yeah. school or high schoolers. Oh, I know. I, Emmeline, Emmerine, it made me cry. I cried. Mm. When she was sitting there talking to her dad about how much she hates school and she hates the people and they're so mean to her and she doesn't have any friends and they were making fun of her hair. Yeah, that one got me. Yeah. Yeah, I felt her. I I it yeah, I did too. I didn't like luckily I didn't go through it or if I did I was oblivious to it and it didn't register. But just that whole like you're just why are you just being so mean to some mm -hmm. like it's just I'm just like the going through a move like that like Started in school. Yes. Yeah. That's what the guy. I came home from middle school and cried every day. I cried every single day oh. for like a couple weeks. I hated it. People were mean. Yeah. I, yeah. People were mean. They would, and they just say mean things like they don't care. You know. I remember. I got the that feeling of because I was old enough to remember like a move 
because my other moves i was like a baby so then you're like ah, this is the only place i've ever known but but then i lucked into i moved to a place where everyone like it was a military college and everybody was there for a year so we were all new so mm -hmm. like that that first move of like oh everybody's new and that is like the cool thing about being an army brat is that most of the time if you're moving from like army base to army base you're moving with kids who know what it's like to be the new kid and like again lucked out had a full hand of flushes or whatever the poker term is a, pulled a straight got so lucky that we also always moved in the summertime so it wasn't that you're the kid in the doorway being like uh, that, that the new, new kid, kid in too. the middle of the year yeah you're just the kid like you start up the first day there's a whole bunch of different kids that are also new there are kids that aren't new but they've been around but they know how it's like to be new and so you it was just a thing where it was easy and then the time where it wasn't like that i was going back to a place that i'd already been to mm -hmm. so i was like and it was a summertime and we were all going to a middle school so we were all thrown in together into this newness so i just like man lucked out did you or did your parents look out for you to make sure that was all gonna work out but, but yeah, because like that's what I'm saying. Like you did that, but I lucked out that you're my parents. So yeah, because you went into middle school, but there were like four feeder schools going into that middle school, so everybody was coming into a new situation. And the one of the feeder schools was a school that I went to when I was kindergarten, uh -huh. first and second grade. So I kind of knew kids, and they were also kids from at that time from Fort Belvoir so there were also military kids uh -huh. so we were all like mixed in together so everybody was just mixed in so if people were like oh make gonna make fun of you also I was in my own little world too so that also <laughs> helped a lot <laughs> just being in my own little headspace okay I, so my go LVP. I'm sorry my least valuable people are the people that brought that man and his family all the way out to California, yeah. knowing full well that they yeah. didn't decide to have yeah, the money them a letter. Yeah, because the cousin who sent them the letter showed up with dinner that night knowing the big sign there saying this is going to be demolitioned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, I was just like, what? They are you know they are lucky that they pulled that on a man of God because if they pulled that on anybody else, knives. What? You bring me all like you imagine? Are you kidding me? I brought my whole family out here and my mother. What? And my mother, my old mother. Yes. Like oh yeah, man. Wow. Okay, so now we are to MVP? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, my runner-up was B. Richards. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, she's so delightful. But then Joey shows up and does all the right things. Joey became my MVP. I mean, looking out for his little brother making the, the fireplace his little brother making the ladder, his father finding the bell in the junkyard. Yeah. 
Obviously, I didn't. This made me think of it. I didn't know Adam as a child, but he kind of reminded me of that little boy and the fact that mainly it was when he wanted the top bunk and there was no way to get down. And he was like, what are you going to do in the middle of the night? What do you have to go to the bathroom? And the little boy was like, I'm not going to have to pee in the middle of the night. And it made me think of when Adam was having his surgery <laughs> and they had him all hooked up to fluids and probably the drug starting. And he didn't have any, he just had the gown on and he said he had to go to, he had to go to the bathroom. Um, but my, my MVP also has to be Joey. What a good guy. I love Joey. I know. I, know. I was falling in love with Joey. I, you did. <laughs> I mean, Joey is a little my dad. He, so he is. He was going to make everybody happy to his, uh, to his own detriment if need be. <laughs> Sitting there studying, getting the job at the car wash, just like, just, just very serious. But also First like of all, humor. Taking taking the stolen was it a flashlight back to the store and then getting accused of having stolen it in the first place, not ratting out the dude. Yeah. yeah. Joey has a he's potential to be MVP of the year. He is. I agree. Cause he is your father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> Minus the really long stories. <laughs> stories that makes oh. sense that adam is um what's his name term? isn't it doesn't yeah. that make sense yeah except except he would have the thing the thing about like going with bathroom but the thing was he wouldn't have asked for help to get down he would have figured out a way to get he down himself. yeah oh or yeah climb down yeah. like it would have been no and he yeah. would have needed help like he would have climbed up and climbed yeah. down by himself mm -hmm. it would have been fine and he no. would have loved it yeah, never hurt himself. Meanwhile, I am in the bottom bunk. I would have needed stitches and been in a coma from hurting myself on the bottom bunk. He could climb out of his crib way before he should have been able to climb with, out of his with crib. With the thing, with like, because he, the, the, he had a little jacked up feet and he had these little like bars on his feet. So he couldn't even use his feet. So he was like a mermaid, a man mermaid <laughs> climbing around, getting around. It was it's unbelievable. Oh. Yes. Just destroying things with those little, like, casts. No, you can't put a cast on it. He just destroys the cast, and you had to put these, like, bar feet thing on him. And the doctor was like, ah, he'll be fast, though. And he was. Yeah. He is, to this day. <laughs> I have my honorable mention is the junk man. Because yes. he, when he found that, he was like, why did he say it was a reverend? And then he hooked him up with the poles for basketball. Yeah. And then, like, we didn't see what it was, but he was like, oh, like, new, it's $25, but for you. And, like, you know, he gave him a deal. And then he was like, I'll even deliver it Christmas Eve. And, like, I, my dumbass, I had, I had no idea what it was. I was like, I should know what it is. And I didn't know. And then he, he's like, oh, if, if they ask what the noise is, say it's church mouse, mice or whatever, church mouse. And he, Christmas Eve comes out and he's like, oh, don't worry, I got it. So you, this, this junk man installed yeah. the bell That's up true. there silently alone. Yeah. Let me tell you something. This man did not look like he, his body didn't say <laughs> that he does CrossFit, but apparently... <laughs> To Junk get that man. bell up there without it clanging? 
I was like, he, you need at least, that's a what? At least a two teeny job. <laughs> right? Probably. I mean, I'm like, he don't look like one and a half. I one and a half. Teeny, she was just like, this is the warm up for today's workout <laughs> of the day. <laughs> that, it's, that's a lot. That bell, it's, it seemed like a decent size. Anyway, so he's honorable mention. Agreed. My real MVP, Harry Rhodes. Man, that man. <laughs> yeah. I was like, finally, finally, Will. Yes, go out and show the people your face. They will come. They will come see you preach. Just the get out scene, there. The scene where she goes to him and she's like, I haven't seen you all day. That was the scene for me. And, it, you know, it's like, oh, they had their moment together. I mean, even with his, he was so charming that even when he was pulling his my wife don't work bullshit, I, I was I was still like, that's annoying, but still <laughs> in the right place. <laughs> I was just and that scene where um he go where his you know Joey makes the friend and, and Joey's like, I don't know if he's my friend. Like yeah. this guy. Yeah. He seems he's like questionable. And then, and he was like, all right. And he goes and he sits down with the, the shoe shine crew. And he, he just came across as like, he wasn't trying to be like, he wasn't a preacher, but he was being like genuine. And the kids, that's why when they found out that he was a preacher, they didn't like turn away. That's why they showed up to be basketball. Cause they were still like, oh, he wasn't trying right. to, like, he was just being genuine and stuff. And he was still kind of like nerdy, like he wasn't trying to be cool. But then what sealed the deal for me in that scene was when he called himself a con man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, my man knows what's up. Yeah, that's true. And, and, like he and basketball, I mean, bringing, you know, like knowing what what's going to be the hook. He was a con man. What's going to be the hook mm -hmm. to get them to even listen to me but that that rare i don't know i don't want to disparage that and say that it's rare but there are a lot of people who are in that game for themselves and for the money and for what's being passed around in the plate so that they can drive the best cars and all of that and will seem like the the kind of guy that he was genuine about why mm -hmm. he was in it, and he, he mm -hmm. wasn't in it for the Cadillacs and for the chains. So I like that. And that, like, that takes layers of acting. And it goes back mm -hmm. to my thing about, like, man, Harry Rhodes should have been, he's just one of the, again, one of the greats that we lost because he should have been, you know, doing, there should have been more movies with him. We should have had bigger movies with him doing greater things. And we didn't because this is why we can't have nice things. I was surprised he wasn't in Roots at all. Because, I mean, every black actor or actress there was was in Roots. I was surprised. Cause that's, he was... But that's, that's why. I mean, that's when, yeah, Roots. How many parts are in Roots? How many great talents mm -hmm. do we not, you know, that's... Why it's like you, you need more things to be with more people and stuff and more diversity. So 
So we are to recasting, and I did. I just wrote "It's a Wonderful Life" because it reminded me so much of "It's a Wonderful Life." Well, I did a casting. Okay. Oh. So as grandma, I thought that this would be great because uh, B. Richards was the grandma, and she was like younger in this, but playing older. I thought it would be great to have Lisa Gay Hamilton play the grandma. Because I think she's probably in her late 40s, early 50s, and to just play older, because mm -hmm. it would be such a great homage to B. Yeah. Richards, and she did the documentary, that yeah. I thought it would be great. And then as the wife, Sarah, I have Jodie Turner-Smith. I love her. I thought she would be great as Sarah. As Briggs, the villain, I have, as soon as this man came as soon as I saw Briggs, I was like, I know who I'm recasting. Isaiah Whitlock Jr., a.k.a. the she. Yes, <laughs> I totally saw him. Uh-huh. That's who, that's who I saw in that part. Yeah, she. Mm -hmm. You know, smooth talking. And then as Will, I was like, that is a no-brainer. Leslie Odom Jr. Let's <gasps> mm. run it back. Yeah. You know, they should remake it. They I should. Think, I think they should. Because I wondered, and then I also wonder, is this a movie that, like, that the culture knows about and I don't know about? You know, like, is this... I but it never doesn't, heard of this movie. It doesn't seem like it. Just, yeah. Like, you would do something about it online. It doesn't. And, like, even, it's so hard to even find when you're searching for it. It keeps yeah. coming up as a dream of Christmas, which is of a 2016 Christmas, which is a Hallmark, Hallmark movie. movie. Yeah. And I could totally see them remaking this for the Hallmark channel. Yes. Where's Tyler Perry? You know? Like, yeah. They should remake this. I mean, I don't want Medea to be the grandma in it, but. No, but Crystal could be the mom. Oh, yeah. Crystal could be Sarah easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, she's doing her thing on the Sondheim stage. I know. Right she's too, too busy being a huge Broadway star, so pardon me, but definitely. Okay. Uh, Christine, I'm going to assume that you and I did not do a recast. No. It could be a very problematic It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, ouch. And as Aaron has previously Frank stated... Frank <laughs> There were I no have, tasties for this. I have one. I have one tasty titty for this. Oh. Wow. Just one that I just saw randomly. So remember how I told you how the Waltons came to be? Because in the before this came out, it was the Waltons started out as the homecoming, colon, yeah. you know, Christmas yeah, yeah, movie, yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it became the Waltons. And everybody associated with this had something to do with the Waltons. In fact, this TV movie was a pilot for a proposed TV series. Oh, it would have been so that good. Was, that was going to be like basically a black spinoff of, of the Waltons, except it was going to take place in Los Angeles and it was going to follow like Reverend Will. And and, oh, it, wow. and then it, it kind of makes sense because I, I wondered why they had the voiceover and especially like with the daughter, I forgot what her name, what was her name? Irmaline or something? Emma. 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 Yeah, yeah because like her whole her whole storyline gets wrapped up via narration and I thought that that was weird and like just as I was watching it there was just some interesting things of like and so I wonder if I 
I don't know. And I couldn't find out why. I mean, I know ultimately the reason why, but just like it, it, when I read that it was going to be a pilot for a show, it kind of like everything kind of dropped into place, especially like mm-hmm. because then you could see like Joey going on with his friends. You mm-hmm. see like um, the daughter dealing with her school thing and his church because it did seem kind of nice how the guy comes in drink Mac. Man. how they you know the Briggs villain comes in at the end and like shakes hands and you're kind of like this is how it ties up so when I read like oh it was a pilot for a show that it was gonna be it kind of did make sense and then I'm like well but what happened to the show and then I'm like do you need to google what happened to the show you're not gonna find it but we all know what happened to the show it's 1973 and they're like the Waltons that's it no Ain't nobody care about this. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, basically, highways. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe five years later. Because yeah, that's maybe. about... <clears throat> um, well, there was so, that show, Julia, and yeah. there was I Spy. Mm-hmm. But I don't, so, you know. I mean, what, how many black characters can you have on TV? And think and, about it. In Los Angeles, uh, a nice black, big black family. The guy's a preacher. Yeah. Like, that's a little bit too much. Like, I mean, it's radical in the normalization of black people, I feel like. That would, yeah, because how much at the time. Right. How many, how many off shoots can we have he's gotta be you know like the gossip can't happen he can't like go and have an affair or so yeah but wasn't that the thing with the Waltons is just how wholesome it was mm-hmm. just this whole like like didn't they do isn't it seventh heaven basically what the Waltons was just this night like I didn't watch seventh heaven but just from what I gather of just being a nice, wholesome, every, the whole family can watch. And then what does they that mean? Drugs, but <clears throat> they explored serious issues. Why did you? I the greatest life. Yeah. No, they would do like, they were trying to be edgy. I feel like Seventh Heaven tried to be edgy sometimes, where like they were all the priests, but they would try to insert like real issues. Mm-hmm. Like somebody would have sex. <gasps> right, right. Or right. like be offered. Drugs like Adderall mm-hmm. or something, you know, to do their homework. I, I don't know. I don't remember. But then this was the time when black exploitation came in, and so it was all like Pam Greer and Shaft and. It was. Well, it's interesting. Like that. You. It's funny how you can't have both. Like you can't have the exactly. black exploitation. Right. Yeah. Like Why can't you have that? Yeah, yeah. The wholesomeness as well. You can definitely do that with white shows, but. I mean, stay in your lane. Yeah, and black exploitation makes more sense because it shows like, oh, it's the nitty gritty. Oh, that's why. That's why we don't have to. That, like, like when I was researching the thing about the interstates and stuff, a lot of the times they would say like, oh, we're cleaning out the slums. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's slum areas that that we're going through, and and they were run down anyway. But Sugar Hill and Los Angeles was a middle class black mm-hmm. community, so it wasn't always just the slums. And that's it makes it easier for people to be like, oh, it's fine if it's like you see 
reinforced in black exploitation films of oh it, there's a criminal element there's drugs right, to right. it it's prostitution oh look mm-hmm. at that whereas this would be super radical because it was just this family that's just like any other family they just happen to be black and like that yeah. would have been revolutionary in how benign it was exactly. that would make it be like that's why it could never exist that's why we right. know anything about it because this is almost like Malcolm X. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? In how revolutionary it is and how benign it is. Exactly. And, and so what are, what are the, the, what are the uh, areas where we can go where there's some, you know, like Falcon Crest, Dallas, um, Knott's Landing. We have to have some gritty details and this family had none. There was no grittiness it was just a family-loving family, God-loving family. Yeah, there was no no place to take it. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't want it to be that, because to right. their, their base that they want to, to keep, like, you guys, we're keeping you safe from them, from these people. And if you show this family that they're like, oh, because I, so, like, a couple of people who watched it, they were just, they made the comment about how they're like, oh, I loved how it was just an all-black cast, but really the race had nothing to do with it. They were just exactly. like my family. It was our and family, period. And that's exactly why there's no Wikipedia yeah. page for it, why yeah. nobody knows that it exists, because that's how revolutionary that would be, and, especially and in 70s. There was no gossip behind the scenes, gossip. There's no drugs. Up. There was no even like the right. shoe shine. Like they weren't a gang. They were just shoe shine, and you know they were just boys who shoe shine. There wasn't. Yeah, well, I think any- their names were like. Were they like the Purple Dogs or something? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Solid name. So it's 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 kind of wild when you piece all of that together because people will be very in, like, oh no, it's because of it, but it's it's like you can think that, but if you don't know. Now you know. It was a lovely family Christmas story. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, teeny again, teeny pick. I know. Because at first I was skeptical. Ooh, I was like, we finally, she finally did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You thought. <clears throat> so next week. Teeny and Adam will be here with us, and the next week, Aaron will be there with them, and the next week, <gasps> what? Just like this family will be all together if no COVID happens. I think at this point, does it matter? Like, everybody's had it. Uh, you and Poppy have no, it. No, we okay. have. Like, we have. <laughs> So the next time we're together, I believe it is going to be our end of the year. The best of. Yeah. Best of. 2022. So. So it's nobody's week. Yeah. Nobody's and week. Who knows when that will be. So. Yeah. So we, we wish all of you a very Merry Christmas and. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. I, um, I'm sure D- Diwali has already happened. I, happy, happy, ho- I guess, happy holidays. 
Happy holidays. Season's greetings for everyone. Yeah. And you know what? The next time we're all together, we're all gonna be surprised together. I I think this is the last podcast of 2022. It'll be and we'll have the best of when sometime. So who knows when? Yep. And and we will see you in 2023. Wow. Wow, that's freaky. That's, but that my 20 year I moved out to California in 2003. So this okay. is the place I've lived the longest. I think this oh. apartment is the place that I've lived spent the most years of my life in. One place. Well, I I'm going to have to process that. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. We we wish you all a, a wonderful holiday season with with those that you love. Bye. 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 Bye.